there's nothing standing between me and my dreams and goals except for work ethic and execution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentors. Today we have on JT McCormick, CEO of Book in the Box and author of his autobiography, I Got There. And somewhere hidden in this podcast is a way to get a signed copy, so stay tuned for that. In this podcast, we'll discuss JT's life and upbringing, which is an insane story that proves that there are no excuses, luck, hoping, or wishing, especially when it comes to conditions. Just a quick note. I always aim for transparency in my podcast, so I really want you guys to know this episode was one of the first I recorded, so I was pretty nervous, especially with the guest of JT McCormick. I look up to him a lot. So I'm a tad nervous on here, you'll pick up, but in all honesty, I've made a lot of strides with improvement, so it's fun to look back on the work like this, but I still hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mentors. Today I have JT McCormick. JT, thank you so much for being on my podcast. You are more than welcome, man. My pleasure. I I am a huge fan of yours. Thank you. And you know what? I'm a huge fan of yours, especially, I. this is where I want to dip in first, um, your, your origin story or like where you have been to who you've become. It's I mean, I've already heard it, but it's an incredible, incredible story, and I really would love my audience to hear it. So, which, which part? You want me to dive right in, or any, anything specific you're, you're looking for? Uh, you can dive right in, but specifically, I'm looking for that, like, that transition of you from a child and where you grew up and how you grew up to, to now, to being so successful. So from my, my childhood, and, and you know part of this, so my, my childhood, my father was a, a black pimp from the 1970s. And when I say black pimp, I don't mean it in the terms that we have now as a society glamorized the word pimp. My father was a real life pimp. He put a woman on a street corner, she sold her body, and she brought for money back to my father. And so my, my father was a, a real life pimp and drug dealer. And my mother was raised in a children's home, an institutional orphanage back in the 1950s. So my father is black, my mother is white. And back in the 1970s, because I'm, I'm an old guy, back in the 1970s, it was not cool to be mixed race. And mixed racing was not highly looked upon at all. And in fact, one of the stories I remember as a kid is we were coming home from the bus one day and we walk up to our apartments where we, where we lived and we noticed all of our things were sitting out on the curb. And as we got there, we were like, wow, why, why is all of our stuff out here? And so then the apartment manager comes running out and he, he gets in my mother's face. No nigger lovers can live here. And I remember at five years old thinking to myself, wow, we don't have any money, we have no family, and we have nowhere to go. What are we going to do? And to this day, I don't know what we did, but I remember sitting on the curb with all of our things crying with, with my mother. My, my childhood was full of racism, judgment, discrimination. We were poor, we were on welfare, I went hungry, God knows how many times. I ate out of trash cans. I was uh, homeless at 13 on a bus stop. I've been in and out of juvenile three different times. 
And so it, it was it was a pretty traumatic and, and chaotic childhood, but it's in the past, you, you, you can't change it. And so here I am today. And that's, to me, that's crazy, especially to break out of such a, such a difficult barrier, not just one of racism, but like of where you came from, because again, that, that level of poverty to where you are today is such a huge leap. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I, I was fortunate. There were things, I, I always look for the positive in, in a negative. And, and I'll give you an example of what some people may see as a very negative story, but I'll, I'll show you the positive that I took from it. So <clears throat> one weekend on the, on the rare occasion that my father did pick me up, he picked me up one weekend and I remember walking through the grocery store with him. And a little girl that I went to school with, I was about, well, let's call it eight years old, uh, a little girl walked by and she said, hi, my real name's Javon. And I didn't say anything when, when she said hi. And so all of a sudden, I feel this massive blow in the back of my head. And I fall forward. My face hits the ground. My nose starts bleeding. And then I'm jerked up and I'm pinned up against the, the uh, frozen food section door. And I've got my straight in my face. And he tells me, no matter who it is, you respect and say hello to everyone. Now, most people would say, wow, that's a, that's a really horrible story. And, and yeah, it is. but I can tell you to this day, to this day, I say hello to everyone. I am respectful to everyone. And I attribute that to that moment of, yes, negative story, but I took the positive out of it. So I, I speak to everyone and I'm especially nice to what I call service industry individuals, you know, waiters, um, house cleaners, uh, hotel staff that, that clean the rooms. Because in, in the world of which I, I work right now, I speak to professionals and CEOs and, and you know, high-powered individuals. Well, they've got enough people, you know, kissing their butts and being nice. <laughs> individuals who are in the service industry that don't always get the level of respect that they deserve. That, you know, I've never thought about that. I, I really do love that concept. Well, not of just saying hi to everyone, but of the people who, who don't get that. And I feel like, I feel like that can make such a positive impact on their own lives because not that it's someone like a CEO or someone very powerful saying hello and being kind, but it's human interaction and it's kindness, even when you don't usually get it like today. You know, we have a lot of janitors at our school. They come around, they clean the things, and most kids ignore them. But when you're the kid and you and you say hello to them, and you talk to them for a little bit, they they genuinely appreciate it. They do. They're, the janitors and 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 people who, again, in the service industry, they're rarely treated with a level of respect in which they deserve. And in the level of respect that they deserve is the same level of respect that. I deserve just because I have three letters after my name that says CEO doesn't make me any different. I'm, I'm still human. I'm still an individual. I still put my pants on the same way. It, though, that's nothing but a, a role in a title. And just because I have the title CEO, it makes me no more important than the individual that may be cleaning hotel rooms. No, and I entirely agree with that. Actually, this is a bit of a weird question, but, um, do you consider 
giving we're so uh how do i put this giving respect first and then can that respect be lost because i've known some people that go no regardless you should give people respect and other people say like innocent till guilty and other people say i will never respect you until you earn the right to you know ava it's a, it's a phenomenal question i i appreciate that it and so it's taking me years i used to live by this this credo, motto, what, whatever you, you want to call it. I used to always say, I don't trust people until they give me a reason to trust them. Whereas most people will say, I trust people until you give me a reason not to. Well, I, I used to reverse that. And <laughs> what I've come to realize is, yes, I, I respect everyone. Now, if you give me a reason uh, to not respect you, yeah, that that respect can be be taken away. You know, if I see that um, you're just this this discriminatory, racist, you look down upon others. Yeah, I, I'm not going to have a lot of respect for you. But for for the the most part, yeah, I, I respect everyone. That I, that's what I thought you'd say. <laughs> I could I could definitely see I can definitely see that out of you. I just really wanted to. Under, see your insight on that because I don't know there's so many especially right now there's a vast amount of um respect or lack of respect going on and you know I guess it's always been happening but you know the more I grow up the more abundant I see it uh and just getting that perspective from other people who've you lived just m miraculous stories like yours um I always love hearing your guys's insight so what what else you got for me? This is this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So actually, I really wanted to talk. So you were talking about um, positivity and negativity, and one of my beliefs is that um, that's the that's one of the biggest keys to mental strength. Well, if there's any other keys, please tell me. I'd I'd love to know. But like, when you can look at the face of negativity or fear or danger or worry or anxiety, depression, sadness, anything. And you can find the positive in that, and you can find the light in that. You, you are, you are so much more not intelligent. But you're so much more um, tough and stable than anyone could than anyone else I would know. Because like, uh, man's search for meaning. I'm currently reading this book. It's a man. It's a man. His name is Viktor Frankl, and it's a true story. And he spent years in Nazi concentration camps, and what got him through was just straight up mentality. And he was talking about, you know, it's all about your attitude. It's all how you you go about this. And again, it wasn't like dumb optimism, like everything's going to be okay. It was this reality of the situation and then finding the meaning in it or the good in it. And the crazy thing was that like he found good and he found meaning in his suffering. I, I look for the positive in every situation. Like, like I said, you just get, heard me give you the one of, that, that, that I personally experienced <clears throat> of where my father, you know, he was, he was an, an <laughs> a harsh in, individual to say, to say the least, but everything I, I look for the, the positive. If, if there's something in business and maybe we make a bad decision or maybe our, our execution did not yield the results that we were after. Okay, that's that's not a positive, but let's find the positive within the negative. Um, no, no matter what happens to me in, in life, I always look to find the, the, the positive. And with anyone who ever interacts with me, I'm always positive. 
you ask me how I'm doing, I'm, I'm excellent. The way I look at it, the world has enough negativity. You don't need me to add any uh, additional negativity into it. And, and truth be told, if you are negative about a situation, if you are unhappy about a situation, then it's up to you to execute and change that situation. Just complaining and, and being upset about it won't do anything. Oh, yeah, I entirely agree. Not only that, it's it's totally a choice. Um, you know, I've met people who, oh, I can't help it. I'm just mad or I'm hangry, things like that. Really, really dumb things. Like, no, you're choosing to be annoyed. You're choosing to be mad at this person, and you can and you can fix all your issues. But you know, then again, I feel like emotions are some things that that need to be worked through, but in a, only in a, a constructive way. So, totally agree. Totally agree. I'll give you a really uh, funny example. You hear a lot of people say road rage or they get frustrated when they're driving or let's say someone cuts them off and then, then people want to flick them off or they want to speed around them and then cut them back off. When someone cuts me off, here's what I say to myself. Okay, wow. So if we're going to the same place, you're going to get there 10 seconds before me. Okay, I'm good. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And I feel like that's all that needs to be said that are, oh my goodness, if you want to, so a really good story that I know is like my, my dad, when he was younger, his grandmother, sweetest old lady ever, they go out, they go out of the house for a little bit. They, they have some fun, but then they come back in the house. The house has been robbed and it's in shambles. And, you know, she, you know, she's obviously expensive things were taken. So she looks around the room. And instead of getting angry, instead of getting upset, instead of calling the police, she, she goes, oh, you know what? I hope they got what they wanted. Because if they stole from me, they, they definitely needed something. And that was that. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. I mean, what you, you can't, all you can do is progress forward. You look, you look at all the negativity that, that I went through in life. And so many people will say, oh, well, you know, my parents were divorced or in my case, they were never married. And, oh, well, I come from a, a, a jacked up background. Oh, well, I, I was poor or, oh, well, I, I didn't, I don't have a college degree. Excuse, excuse, reason. <laughs> do something about it. You know, I, I've been sexually abused by my father's prostitutes. I don't have a, a college degree. I, I grew up in chaos. I don't use it as an excuse. I don't use it as a reason. I turn around and I take what I was given and I find the positives in it and, and I make the most out of my life. And I find that, and I find that absolutely fantastic. And you know, not only that, but the way you worked your way up which can, can you please, please go into detail about like how you, your whole worth ethic and your mentality and how you progressed so, so far in the business realm. So my, my, my work ethic each day, I'll give you an example of, of mindset choice and, and execution and, and being committed. Every day I get up between 3.45 a.m. and 4 a.m. And I have a choice, you know, every morning I, I'm human. There are mornings where I don't want to get up. I want to stay in bed and cozy. But I say to myself, wow, there is someone in a hospital bed somewhere right now who's not going to ever leave that hospital bed. And, and I now have 
have the opportunity to get out of bed, hustle and grind, uh, achieve all my dreams and goals. And I get to do that. That is an opportunity. And so my mindset is make the most out of life. If you want to get up at four in the morning, you can get up at four in the morning. So many people that I talk to, uh, they'll say, wow, JT, I'm just not a morning person. Well, you're right, because you just told yourself you're not a morning person. <laughs> so tell yourself you're going to get up at 4 a.m. and then make the commitment to actually following through on getting up at, at 4 a.m. But as, as far as the work ethic goes, I'm just of the mindset that if somebody's going to work 24 hours, I'm going to work 25. You go 36, I'm going to go 37. And there's nothing standing between me and my dreams and goals except for work ethic and execution. I think that takes so much, so much like mental, not, not mental energy, but mental strength to, to have some of those goals, even when you, cause uh, even when you start out so low, right? So say you work at like a fast food restaurant it, that, that takes so much mentality to go, you know what, I'm going to work up the chain and I'm going to become like, I'm going to make a lot of money, but to start from those small, small positions and, and have that mentality, even though you don't want to do these things, I think that's where it becomes like really tough, like getting up in the morning. No one wants, no one really wants to get up at four in the morning, but when you tell yourself you do and you do, it's so much better. Well, you, you know, you make, you make a good point, Ava, and, and, and I'll say this. Everyone, we, we live in a society now where everyone wants instant gratification. And so I'll use a, a, a sports figure right now. Everyone looks at LeBron James. Oh my God, LeBron James, he's, he's one of the greatest uh, basketball players that have ever played. So they see that LeBron James makes $90 million a year. They see that LeBron James has won championships, but nobody wants to talk about the countless hours that LeBron sacrifices in the gym. No one wants to talk about when he's on a 14-day road trip and he's away from his family that he's not seeing his kids. Maybe he misses his kids' uh, basketball game or their school play or, or whatever the fact goes on. No one wants to talk about the sacrifices that it takes to be great. There's three S's. There's sleep, there's sacrifice, and there's success. We all have to sleep. So if, if you work 24 hours, great, but eventually you're going to have to sleep. So you have to have sleep. And if you want greatness, you have to have sacrifice to get to success. So you have to define how are you going to play those three S's. I got to sleep. For me, I sleep anywhere from four to five hours a day. Then sacrifice. I'm willing to sacrifice some of the things that I love most. I love to play golf. But the fact of the matter is, it's four and a half hours to go play a round of golf. I don't want to take that time from, from growing the business, from my family. So I sacrifice golf. So much so, obviously, I've, I've made a little bit of money throughout my career. And I even disconnected ESPN from our direct TV subscription. So I don't watch NFL and college football because that again would take me away from achieving my dreams and goals and hitting success. So sleep, sacrifice, success. People rarely want to talk about all the things that go into sacrificing, achieving your dreams and goals. Everybody just wants the end result. 
But where do you cross the line at sacrifice? Because I know you talked about golf, but then you said you didn't want it to take t- take a, you didn't want it to take away time from your family. Uh, you know, it's it's that's that's a personal uh, side of it. you. You have to decide. I'll give you a great example of this, Ava. You know, when I was at the software company and I became the the president of the software company, I went from the lowest paid person to president within three years. And everybody wants to know, oh my God, how'd you do that? No one wants to to get into the details of the sacrifice that was made. Everyone just wants to celebrate how I went from lowest paid to to president. What people don't want to hear is people don't want to hear that in five years with the software company, I only took 11 days vacation. Fact of the matter is we live in a society where most people take 11 days vacation in the first quarter of the year. I was there five years and only took 11 days vacation. Here's here's a huge piece of sacrifice, and many people aren't willing to do this. There is a picture of me in the delivery room with my wife when my firstborn was being born, and there is a picture of my laptop open in the background. That is sacrifice. That is how I do part of I went from lowest paid to president in three years. I did and was willing to do everything and anything that needed to be done to succeed. That is such, that is such a gritty mindset. I, I absolutely love that. And you know what you talking about? People don't want to hear all the sacrifice that you have to endure. I think, and you can chime in on this. I think that people don't want to hear the amount of sacrifice you have to give because once they realize and once they know that secret, they will feel obligated to do it. They'll feel guilty that they don't do it. They'll resent totally. it and they won't. They'll, they'll resent it. It'll be in their face or they won't want to do it. And now, now, and it's something we all, I won't say we all, it's something our country struggles with. We struggle with accountability. Everything is everyone else's fault. You know, they, they were too hard on me. Uh, they didn't give me the opportunity. This is what happened. Someone uh, discriminated against me. We we all, it's so hard for us as a a society to take accountability anymore. So when people find out, there's no magic bullet. Holy hell, it's all hustle, grind, hard work, and sacrifice to achieve your dreams and goals. When people realize that, that's a slap in the face, and, and everyone's looking for the, the, the magic bullet or the one thing. That's, that's actually one of the questions, Ava, that probably gets under my skin the most. People say, JT, what's the one thing? There is no one thing. It's a combination <laughs> of a lot of things I do to, to sacrifice, to execute, get up early in the morning, structure, routine, discipline. It's not one thing. Yeah, and you know it's not just all those things. It's all those things consistently throughout, again, like throughout five years. It's, ah, and it's the, it's the most annoying thing. Not only that, when you're talking about accountability, you took it in the direction of like, you know, blaming other people for things. When I think of uh, not taking accountability, especially for people my age, a lot of kids, we just, we flake out on each other. We, you go, oh yeah, I'll go to this event with you. I'll spend time with you. I'll do this thing for you because I want to help you. And then they take it back. The last minute they go, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. And that's, it's one of the most frustrating things ever because you want to help that person genuinely, but they never come through for you. And so it's just, that falls apart or you want to 
you want to spend time with people and that falls apart. And because of, how do I explain that? But because of all the inaccountability and not being able to socialize or help out or be around those people, that creates not isolation, but that creates just a, just a bigger, just a bigger mess, especially right now because of all the social media, but uh, that's another topic for another day. Well, and, and here, here's, here's a good one, uh, especially with the, like you said, the, the social media, I'll, I'll share a big one with you. Right now, it, it's mind-blowing to me that we actually celebrate the term binge-watching. So while everyone else is out binge-watching Game of Thrones series season one through 38 and spending the whole weekend doing nothing but binge-watching, I'm out hustling. I'm out studying leadership. I'm studying how do I grow a company. I'm studying how, how can I be a, a, a better person. You know, people will go and stand in line 24, 36 hours for the new iPhone. And we celebrate this. We send camera crews out there to show this first person who's going to run out of the Apple store with the new phone that does two more things than the phone that you already had uh, does. And we celebrate this. But you won't see those same individuals study their craft or hustle and grind for 36 hours straight. But you'll stand in line for a, a new iPhone that you're paying for. So you've now, by way of your time and your money, and all you got was a new iPhone that does two more things than the phone that, that you already had did. I think we celebrate all those things because it makes us feel better. Like like another example, um, similar to one that you gave before, I was in this swim swim meeting. All these girls are sitting around, and one of my coach goes, yeah, say your name, say who you are, say your grade, and also say what you do besides swimming. And all the girls kind of go a little silent. Then it picks up again. So you go, oh, I'm Sophia, and I'm a, I'm a junior or senior. And what I do besides swimming, I like to eat. I like to watch Netflix. I like to sleep. And all these girls are going, oh, my gosh, me too. And they make a joke out of it. Because in, in all actuality, it's sad. It's sad and pitiful, and you should do something with yourself. But in all honesty, people like that better because they want to feel comfortable. The moment you break that, and actually, I feel kind of bad. I, I did that. You know, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I do this, 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 and this. The room just got a little tenser because no one likes to admit that they're not good. So we cover that up by stay, quote unquote celebrating it, but we're not celebrating it. We don't, we just don't want to acknowledge our own faults. Yeah. I've got, I've got one for you. Um, I heard a gentleman say this one time and he, he said, I only work half days. And immediately when he made the comment, I was turned off by it. I go, half days, how dare you? I, I put in work. I'm, I go hard every day. And then he clarified. He goes, yeah, I only work half days. Which 12 hours do you want to work? And when he said that, it was mind-blowing to me because I thought to myself, wow. So he works 12 hours, and then the other 12 hours he dedicates to, to sleep family, whatever the case may be. And I, I just, it was a phrase that always stuck with me. Which 12 hours do you want to work? And that's, that's a mentality that few people share anymore. Everyone wants instant gratification. Everybody wants uh, notoriety, fame, 
and, and praise. Everybody wants a damn participation slip when you haven't put in the work. You haven't, you haven't hustled. You haven't grinded. You haven't put in the time to, to learn, to understand your craft. And I, I'm sorry, there's no participation certificate if, if you don't hustle. Well, you know, how do we, how do we flip that switch in people then? You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know if it's our, the society that we live in. Uh, so many people, such as the Kardashians, they've not done anything, but yet and still they've become very popular and, and wealthy in, in doing so. So many people see that and feel and believe they can accomplish the same. And so I, I, don't, I don't have an answer on how we can change it. I have an answer for individuals of how they can change it. You have to look at yourself in the mirror. When you look at yourself in the mirror and you say to yourself, did I put in work today? Did I hustle? Did I grind? Did I do everything I could to be the absolute best me? You have two, two answers that are gonna come up, no or yes. And I guess there could be a possible third. You could lie to yourself and make yourself <laughs> believe that you did. At the end of the day, you either did or you didn't. I totally agree with that. And that takes that takes some self-reflection. And that takes some, for some people, maybe some deep looking at to hopefully not lie to themselves and say, oh, I kind of suck as a person. I should become better. Well, and, you know, Ava, you already know this, but so many people now, they, they speak to me, they, they see me and, oh my, my gosh, JT, I can't believe you've become president and CEO of a company, you've made millions of dollars, and people talk about those things, but people don't understand. My first job out of high school, I cleaned toilets. I, 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 I cleaned toilets, I bust tables, I wash dishes. That was my first job from, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday, I cleaned the restrooms, I scrubbed toilets, I cleaned tables, and that was, was my first job. I didn't just wake up one morning and I was president and CEO of a company. I didn't just wake up one morning with millions of dollars. This was many years of hustle, grind, sacrifice that has led me to, to where I am. You have to put in the work. And what I love the most is because uh, backtracking to your the story about you like cleaning the bathroom, scrubbing the toilets. Um, when you came into the innovation class, I remember you telling me because this resonated with me so much. You said when you cleaned the toilets, they were just going to be the most clean toilets ever. They're going to be excellent. The bathrooms are going to be excellent every day. And, and even those small, precise things that one is significant. And that's like what you said, the... Uh, just being a server, you did the best, we did excellently, simply put, consistently. And that's what brought you up the chain of command. Totally. Every, everything that I do, everything that I do, I try to be the absolute best at it. And, and I, I'll throw this in there for, for anyone who's listening or anyone who cares. If I go to, to if I'm out and I'm at a public place, and I go to the restroom and I, I wash my hands and I'm walking out of the restroom and I see paper towels on the floor, I stop and pick them up. It's not always about what people see me do. It's what you do when people aren't watching as well. So I strive to be the greatest me at everything I do. 
If I'm going to clean toilets, they are going to be the cleanest toilets in the city. If, if I'm going to be a CEO, I am going to do my damnedest to be the best CEO in the country. If I'm going to be a father, which I am. I've got three kids. I strive to be the best father that, that I can be. So everything, I don't cut corners. I don't half-ass it. Everything I do, I strive to put every ounce of effort to be the very best I can be at it. And, you know, how did you learn that? Like, who, who taught you or how did you figure this out yourself to just, to just hustle and just go? Really just, just watching the surroundings of, of which I, I grew up, Ava. There, there, if I had to say there was a specific, it, it's not the only thing, but it was a, a real critical moment for me. When I was driving, my, my dad was driving me through a neighborhood in Houston, Texas. It's called River Oaks very exclusive, uh, wealthy neighborhood. And I saw these homes, 10, 15, $25 million. And these houses were massive. And the houses were bigger than the apartment complexes that, that I lived in. And one family lived in these homes. And I remember seeing this and saying to myself, wow, I want one of those. And from then on, I've always just said to myself, okay, that person has achieved success. They wake up just like I do. They get dressed just like I do. I have to find my lane, my avenue, my hustle and grind, my ability to learn to succeed for, for me. So I, I just made a commitment that whatever I do, I'm going to be the best at it to, to achieve success. If, if other people have done it, that means I can do it too. Not only that, that means you can do it better. <laughs> exactly. And, and I tell this to the, the, the kids that, that I mentor. I, I, oddly enough, I'm on a show called Mentors. Uh, here's the, the number one. When anyone reads about me, when anyone uh, speaks with me or, or looks at my past or my accomplishments, whatever it is, I always tell people, because I hear this a lot, oh, Mr. McCormick, I want to be just like you. Don't ever be like me. Be a million times better than me. Anything that you see that I've accomplished, you find a way to be a million times better than me. And I love how you say that because you, you yourself, you want to be the best. And to have, to want people to succeed over you is so, is so generous and non-competitive. And that's something, honestly, that's something that I'm trying to work towards. I'm a competitive person. I view, I view most things as a competition. I wouldn't want someone to succeed in my realm, in my field, because I want to be better than them. But the fact that you can take a step back from your ego and go, I'm teaching you, become better than me. Like having a child succeed in front of you, that's, that's very, is that, is that humbling? Is that, is that just a, what, what is that? It's, it's a, I wouldn't say it's it's humbling. That may not be the right word, but it is true to to my heart. It's true to my my character. And and, I, and I'll say this for you: if if the day comes that you aspire to want to be a great CEO, I'll say it right here: I want you to be a billion times better CEO than than I've ever been. Now, keep in mind, 
I didn't say it was going to be easy because I am competitive too. So you, you're going to have a <laughs> there you go. You want to achieve that, but I sincerely do want you to be greater, better, more accomplished than than I've ever been. Should you choose the path of wanting to become a CEO? And the loving thing is, is you're going to make me work for it. <laughs> yes. Yes, you, you are going to, to have to, to work for it. You're going to have to hustle. You're going to have to grind. You're going to have to study your craft. It, it's n- nothing that success, there is nothing successful that comes easy. And, and, and I'll say this, there's three words that I do not use in my vocabulary. When I was a kid and I was at school and I was hungry and I would hope there was food when I got home, it never produced anything. There was still no food when I got there. So I eliminated the word hope out of my vocabulary. When I was at home and maybe the electricity was cut off and it was cold and we didn't have any food and I say, oh gosh, I wish we had something to eat. Wishing never produced anything. So I eliminated wish out of my vocabulary. When someone talks about the lady who won the $700 million Powerball, they say, oh my gosh, she's so lucky. No, she's not lucky. She bought a ticket. There's no such thing as luck. No, no one's lucky at anything. You put in the work, you put in the effort, you do something, that's what produces your results. That's interesting to say there's no luck, especially when it has something to do with the lottery tickets. No, she bought a ticket. She just happened to be the person that won. She's not lucky. Oh, yeah, then, then I see. Then I see. Because even in your definition, you said she just did something. Therefore, she got... <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I got you. Um, oh, wait, wait. The last question I would have for you is for this new generation of kids who really don't know what they're doing, or maybe they do, uh, and they want to get not into, the, not into just the business realm, but they just want to get out there. Do they want to they be passionate about something they do? Um, what is your advice to them? You, we, we live in, in my opinion, in one of the greatest times in, in the history of the world. And so much of that is due by way of the, the internet. So much of my success can be attributed to what I've been able to learn from the internet. If, if you want to study um, Fortune 500 companies, if you want to study stock trading, all of it. It's, it's public knowledge. If you want to find out the balance sheet or the quarterly earnings of, of a publicly traded company, you can find it and you can read it. it. It's out there. So whatever craft you're after, whatever passion you have, you can study it, you can research it, you can turn it inside out. Every piece of information that you want is out there. And so like I said, instead of spending the, the weekend binge watching Game of Thrones, spend the weekend binge studying your craft. Spend the weekend binge hustle and grinding on what you want to become in this world. Because binge watching doesn't produce anything unless you're watching documentaries that are going to take you a step closer to your passion and to your craft. But just watching a series, uh, a sitcom, uh, a comedy, that doesn't do anything to, to progress you forward to your goals and, and what you want to become. And, and don't get me wrong, everyone wants some time for some enjoyment, but you have to figure out those three S's, sleep, 
sacrifice success. How much sacrifice are you going to put around the enjoyment to achieve your, your success in your goals and dreams? So that would be my, my feedback to, to this generation is that you all live in the greatest time in, in world history because everything is at your fingertips, right there on your phone, your laptops, your, your, your iPads, whatever the case may be. The information is there. People can become whatever they want to come. Put in the effort, hustle and grind. And I'll give you this last one, Ava. It is much simpler now, in my opinion, because so much of our country has become lazy. So much of our country doesn't want to work for it. Everybody just wants it to magically appear. So the person who does 1% more than everyone else can become successful because they're willing to do just a little bit more. You have no idea how much I agree with that. You have no idea. Everything you said, I completely agree with and resonate with. It's almost funny at this point, even on the weekends, I don't, I have a guilt now. <laughs> I think it's partially you and I think it's partially my, my dad. I now have a guilt. If I'm, if I'm not doing something productive, I'm like, Ava, no, do something better than this. <laughs> So like I'll research something or learn something random and, and you're completely right. I've noticed that kids don't want to, they don't, they don't want to do anything. Not just kids, even adults too. Some of them, we don't want to do, they don't want to do. So the moment you're that person to do something is wow. Oh my goodness. You're amazing. You're like, I'm not special. I just did this one thing and you didn't do it. (laughs) That's it. I, I put in the work. I put in the work. I put in the effort. I committed myself. And I, I'm I'm a results-driven individual. And you and you did, and so much more. And JT McCormick, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I loved having you. Thank you, Ava. I appreciate it. I am humbled. I am honored, and I thank you so much for for having me. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you like what we're doing, please help us grow by sharing our content. And if you have any recommendations for future guests please email me at agwetrick at gmail.com. Also, Mr. McCormick was kind enough to give away two signed copies of his book titled, I Got There, How I Overcame Racism, Poverty, and Abuse to Achieve the American Dream. If you'd like to get a book, leave a comment or a rating. I hope you enjoyed.